When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. First of all, like I said a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this, I love these players, this organization. uh, You know, the owners have been outstanding to me. So... Uh, I believe that there'll be conversations here in, in the near future, and uh, whatever happens, happy with it. All right, it is Purple Daily. It is Friday, and we are going to get irresponsible here on the show and do a lot of reckless speculating and conversating between myself and who better to do it with, Judd Zolgad. I'm going to not waste any time here with you, Zolgad. I'm going to throw this right at you. So the wolves gathered all together, and they all came down an escalator, all the new wolves. (laughs) At City Center. At City Center, and and they stood up on a stage, and they... They were the equivalent of that Steve Ballmer gif. They were clapping, and everybody's happy. They're holding up their their jerseys and so forth. It's the new Wolfs, as designed by General Manager Carl Anthony Towns. A crazy, Excuse me. Uh, what has there been did a title I, promotion? Did I say that out a loud? A title change. Um, uh, whatever the other guy's name, who's the GM, probably did the cap. Anyway, okay. So. Uh, it got my wheels turning, Jed. Not just about Carl Anthony Towns being the general manager and forcing the team to trade everyone for new players that he likes and is friends with, but also what a huge, crazy move it is or moves to just clear a whole roster of players, only leaving poor Josh Kogi to be like, I didn't do it. It was Cat. Uh, only leaving him yes. on the Minnesota Timberwolves roster. Like what would be the equivalent yep. for the Minnesota Vikings? Yep. And, and, of course, the roster is much more massive, so it wouldn't be just trade the whole roster. But a move or move. In season two? Or, Not in because season. Because that's, this, this that's what makes this so hilarious. I know, is I know. Tomorrow night, people are going to go to uh, Target Center to watch the Clippers game and be like, oh, who are you again? It's hard to call for the ball when you don't know the guy's name who has it. Uh, hey, number seven. Johnson, I think. Number seven, can um, I have the ball? But what would be the 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 I don't know co- correlation core whatever whatever the word is the the move that would be similar or moves by the Minnesota Vikings this off season that would have us looking at it the same way we did with this Wolves massive coup or well, I don't know what they're calling it there but just ch- it's, trading it's everyone cat's and it's coup got, yeah it cat's is. coup um, so what would that be if you are the Minnesota Vikings okay all right you know what. 
this is perfect because I saw some reckless speculation by Mike Florio, Pro oh. Football Talk yesterday, tying into the fact that while uh, while Kyle Shanahan said that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come back as the 49ers quarterback next season, his contract actually is pretty easy to get out from under. And they go down the path of the fact that Kyle still has wonderlust for Kirk Cousins, okay? So, because I think to have the massive turnover that you're talking about with, with the Vikings, it's obviously going to have to, in that case, include some star players. Because it can't be just like, the offensive line is different, right? Or... The defensive line is different. It's got to. It's got to start with. It's got to start with somebody who's who is seen as a fundamental key to the Vikings. So, what if you did this? What if you went to Kirk Cousins and told him Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be let go by San Francisco? Now we know that you have a no trade for the, the last year of your contract, but Kyle really wants you, and you love Kyle, and Kyle loves you, and so we are willing to expedite your departure to San Francisco. But instead of just being like, we'll trade you for a draft pick or something, it's going to be a massive package. It's going to be a big trade. In fact, it's going to free up a ton of room. In fact, it's going to involve, let's say, let's get really, really reckless and crazy and say it's going to involve Stefan Diggs as well. Oh, wow. It's going, it's going to involve Stefan Diggs going to San Francisco and Kirk Cousins going to San Francisco and take your pick of another, of another, a third or fourth player. Because I don't think it's going to be, because the rosters are so big, it's not going to get to the point, the percentage of your roster that the Wolves got to. But if it started with, let's say, Cousins and Diggs or Cousins and Cook, and then you got back a corresponding package of young talent, for instance, that would be my jumping off point for something that would strike us as, you know what, this is worth going to City Center and riding down an escalator, in this case with uh, Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, and Rob Brzezinski, to unveil the new Vikings. So I think this is a great pick. Is anything that involves Kirk Cousins not being the quarterback in 2020 is sort of the equivalent of, whoa, I did not see that coming. Now they have a whole new roster, and Wiggins is gone. A set of moves or move that really takes you aback. And changes the future completely. Moving Cousins at this moment would be totally shocking because of the no trade and of the salary cap hit. Now, impossible it feels. It is strange to me that Kyle Shanahan would acknowledge that he really wanted to sign Kirk Cousins. And if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you're like, what did to, you say, coach? To you the know, point right? of, of, of we still know that they didn't scout Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I said didn't scout him. Because Shanahan's admitted he was so convinced the next year he was going to sign Kirk Cousins. Really wise, by the way. Actually, it is a, it is a good play to be like, yeah, we didn't scout him, so we didn't miss on him for sure. No, you missed on him. I didn't miss on him. It was all those other teams. We didn't even scout him. We were going to even... Wait, an NFL team claiming they didn't scout someone mm-hmm. is hilarious. They're like on the sidelines at Mankato watching everybody. Could this guy be the next Thielen writing up the Pat report? Mahomes. Yeah. Put Pat that Mahomes, table away. A guy who was a guaranteed topic. Like, yeah, we're not sending anybody out to Texas Tech. Nobody's going to sure watch you. You want to take a look at this tape, Kyle? No. no put mean, it away. I have it right here on a zip disc. Don't you? No. Unless Kirk Cousins is my quarterback. Unless that's on sure, a beta Kyle. tape, I'm not watching that Patrick Mahomes highlight. Boy, the things that teams tell us are never-endingly hilarious. Like, this was the plan all along to trade the whole roster. Anyway, leave that snark for another time. Um, so Kirk Cousins, so, starting point. But, but here's what I want to ask you, though. When Florio put that on Pro Football Talk, mm-hmm. it goes under the category of things that make you go, huh, like, why is this here? 
Why mm-hmm. did he post that? You assume that Florio talks to more people than it appears, and he writes a lot of vague things that ultimately end up circling around to be true, but he couldn't really say who his source was, or it was just speculation. Do you think there's anything to that? Or if it is entirely just him throwing something at the wall for content in early February? Because even the idea of Cousins hitting the market and them letting go Garoppolo... Cousins hitting the market with plans to sign in San Francisco. If yep. the Vikings have told Cousins, yeah, sorry, bud, it's not going to happen with the extension. Or if Cousins has told the Vikings, sorry, Vikings, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to stay here past this year. And we'll start to find these things out really on draft day for sure. Right. If they don't sign an extension before draft day, we will find out in the first two days of the draft what the plan is at quarterback. Because if they draft... You know, somebody in the first and trade up, well, for sure we know the plan. And even if they draft someone in the second or third, there's a pretty high likelihood that that means Gary Kubiak watched somebody on tape that he loved and wants to be his next quarterback, and they're going to move on from Cousins. And that would free up Jimmy Garoppolo, who, by the way, is getting crushed for the Super Bowl, like not winning it over Patrick Mahomes. He was up 10 points in the fourth quarter. He gets a ball knocked down, and his offensive line sort of lets him down. They didn't stick with the running game late in the game to to wind the clock out. Mm -hmm. And the rest of that game, at one point, he's 18 for 22. He made a perfect throw to George Kittle that was real questionable on whether that was pass interference. I'm sure Kyle Rudolph was at home going, no, I don't think so. I don't think that was pass interference. 21-5 and as a starter with a Super Bowl appearance and was good enough to be up by 10 points in the uh, fourth quarter against Mahomes. Right. I mean, if, if that were to come to fruition, are you mad about it? I mean, I, I think Vikings fans would sign up for it. Okay, so back to your question about if Florio is just basically sitting down in front of his computer and making stuff up, or he's got something. He just spent the entire week in Miami at the Super Bowl talking to people, right? A large contingent of of executives were probably there from San Francisco, right? Goes to parties. People start drinking. People start talking. Mm-hmm. Combine's the yep, same that, way. It does happen. Marriott yep. Hotel at the Combine is a wealth of information from people who are employed by teams who ordinarily won't tell you it's Wednesday, but get three or four Bud Lights in them, and all of a sudden will start spilling their guts about how much they hate their left tackle, okay? Yep. Mike Florio just spent a week at the Super Bowl talking to people that know Kyle Shanahan well. And my guess is that Kyle's flat out said, I like Garoppolo, but you know who my guy was, right? And they say, who? Which who, is Kyle? so weird because they're the same guy, except I, for Garoppolo's got a little I know, bit but you more know people, of a baller mentality. But you've him. covered people. People are weird, man. People get hung up on weird things. No, and, you're right. And, and, you're and, right. And, they and fall weird. in love with their guy, and, for and, sure. And, and, and your first... And your first quarterback or among your first can be the unrequented love Ask of, Mike Zimmer about Teddy Bridgewater. Of your life. Yep. Exactly right. Yep. So do I think that Mike Florio, who by the way also is invested in that storyline as a big Viking fan, is making it up? No. I think he was probably told flat out by somebody Kyle still loves Kirk. Do I think that Kyle and Kirk talk? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure. Do yeah. I think it's plausible that Kirk Cousins is the starting quarterback, especially with after 2020, how cheap San Francisco can get uh, off the Garoppolo hook? Do I think that in 2021 there's a chance that Kirk is the 49ers starting quarterback? Absolutely. Since we're just being completely reckless, uh, let's 
take this all the way down the road. So that would mean if that's Kirk Cousins' plan and mm-hmm. that's Kyle Shanahan's plan, let's say behind the scenes, they get together and they have some sort of strange, expensive water together and they sit down and they say, we got to figure it out, just like these NBA players do. Only they do it via, you know, Instagram DM or something. But right. uh, these guys are, are Gen X or maybe, or well, millennials still probably get together in person. So they sit down and they talk about it and like, we got to make this happen, man. It's got to be a, it's got to be a coup. It's got to be a Kirk coup. Cat got his, I need mine. Yep. I'm going to San Francisco eventually. And then his contract, like you said, Garoppolo's is set up. So would you prefer that the Vikings ended up ultimately, if Kirk said, I'm not signing with you guys that they ended up with Garoppolo or that they drafted somebody now mm. or that they drafted someone later when we get there? Mm-hmm. What's the best plan? If I, And we haven't really talked much about this at all. The idea that Kirk might say, eh, you, know, you know, thanks for the memories, but I'm going to go try something else. If that were to happen, do they need, they need to know that by draft day this year, right? Yes, and you would think that at that point, that's a mutual thing where perhaps perhaps the Vikings go to Kirk's camp and say, will you do an extension that's favorable to us? And Kirk's camp is like, oh, no, sorry. We're either going to break the bank again or walk. And at that point in time, I think if you're Rick Spielman and Brzezinski and Zimmer and the Vikings, you say, okay, you're going to have to walk. That's a conversation that will probably leak out eventually, not immediately necessarily, but yes, by the time that you get to the draft, that decision has to be made. And as far as my path goes, my preferable path would be to find a quarterback who's not Garoppolo, who that you could ideally draft. But then I'll defer back to you and say, and I think that your answer is going to be positive, but I'm not sure. Do you trust Kubiak to be the guy to identify and develop that quarterback? Because I, it's not going to be I Mike. Do. Yeah, like it's not going to be Mike. Right. I get that. Yes, yes. So, oh. so if you trust that then I would tell you I would rather go that route. Of all the people walking around this sphere-shaped thing that we live on and float through space, Gary Kubiak's got to be in the top 50 of human beings okay. that you would want to pick out your next quarterback, right? It's not overhype with him. I mean, it's not just he was a product of Elway. This is the guy who took Brian Greasy, a third-round pick, and our buddy Gus Farratt and went 11-5. and He revamped Jake Plummer's career. He revamped Matt Schaub's career. And here we are with Kirk setting career highs in a bunch of categories, including quarterback rating, his most wins in a season, his highest PFF grade, all with Koobs' offense. I mean, I think it it's proven that the guy knows what he's doing. So if he... but. Even if we go a little farther with this, if he said, you know what, I know you guys want to trade the whole farm for Tua, but I've got a guy for you. Mm -hmm. I really love Anthony Gordon from Washington State, who's a name to keep an eye on, by the way. He's a perfect sort of Kubiak-style quarterback who is not the most athletic or mobile. He's very much like Kirk. He's pretty accurate. Sage Rosenfels, our, our friend, has worked with him a little bit. Um, you know, when he was preparing for the Senior Bowl, and I watched him play in the Senior Bowl and thought, yeah, this is kind of a Kubiak type of quarterback. If he said, let's draft that guy in the third round or late second and then turn it over to him, I think it, at very least it ends up being sort of a bridge to whatever is next, mm-hmm. or it ends up being your franchise guy who gives you very similar numbers to Kirk Cousins. It, you know, I guess what I'm getting at is if Kirk told you to go fly a kite, you've got some pretty interesting options there. 
of you try a guy and if you have him behind Kirk for a year and it doesn't work, that's totally okay. Because, yep. I mean, you're you're going with the crazy scenario that they trade him now, but I think it's even a little bit you know, off the beaten trail that Kirk would just tell them, no, that's not going to happen. And then that's very possible. Then they're talking about that's not crazy at all. Quarterback yes. situation. I'm with you. So the, the options become really interesting there. And I think if you're the Vikings, that doesn't break your heart. If Kirk says, yeah, I got to go play with, with Shanny. I don't think it, it crushes your soul. And I don't think that it sets back your organization as much we, as maybe they'll think we do agree. I believe that Kirk does need to at least partially return on your terms, right? Like you can't, you can't have Kirk be like, "Gotta do it again, boys." Gotta set parameters for a contract. I don't think that if you're the Vikings, you can say most definitely. I think at that point you have to say, "Kirk, if we're going to bring you back, which can be debated, but if we're going to do that, it's got to be at least partially on our terms." So that's an interesting question because what is that conversation like between them and Kirk? Let's say that he has not hatched the plan over expensive water with Kyle Shanahan, and he is cool with staying here and wants to raise his kids in old Minnesota and during the winter months in Florida or somewhere warmer than this. Go to Pizza Ranch once in a while. Cannot blame him for wanting to be in warmer spaces. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's just say that he wants to raise the kids here in Minnesota. His wife loves it. She wants to stay. She's become one of us. Huge hot dish fan. Let's just say all that. So he goes to the... The team, and he says, look, guys, I won you a playoff game. I'm fifth-best quarterback by PFF. I got this quarterback rating and all these numbers. Even look at my quarterback rating since 2015. I'm fifth or sixth or whatever it might be. What do they come back with to Kirk to convince him that he should take less? This is where I I have trouble with it because I get a tweet from someone every day. Like, hey, do you think Kirk would take a team-friendly deal? And if I'm his representation, I'm having a very difficult time understanding why my client should take less. I would say that if I was the Vikings and I'm Rick Spielman and I'm trying to make that case, I say because, Kirk, we need to get more around you. And in a salary cap league, which this is, the way to do that is to still make you rich, but not as rich as we made you last time. Which, which, I'm not saying the terms of that deal now, two years back, are terrible. But at that time, I, I believe it made him the highest paid player in the history of the league on that date. Yeah. And so if he wants to go with that again and say, I want a contract that is now commensurate to that for 2021, I've got to say, then I can't do that, Kirk, because I'm trying to get as many parts around you as possible. And that's just going to eat up, as we've seen now for the last couple of years, too much of my working salary cap. But if I'm Kirk... But, I mean, I, you could tell me to fly a kite. Right. And and I look at Aaron Rodgers, and I look at Russell Wilson. I mean, even ancient Ben Roethlisberger is making average annual value of $34 million a year. And you would say, look, I'm better than Jared Goff, is what he would say. I, I mean, I'm not sure how many people agree exactly. Goff... Slips back, but was in the Super Bowl two years ago. That's not where Kirk has ever been. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to make $32 million per year. These guys now have cleared by quite a bit, Kirk Cousins, in terms of guaranteed money. Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz. So now his deal is coming up. The top right now in terms of average annual value is $35 million, and it's Russell Wilson. But that deal was signed last year. So if you're Kirk, you're going to say, well, yeah, I mean, it was signed before the salary cap went up, right. I'm going to want 
whatever it is. And this is a guy, too, who got creative enough to make his whole thing guaranteed. He might want to be one of those guys that makes up X percentage of the cap. He's clever like this. There could be 17 games coming. this is why the 49ers thing makes sense. Yeah. Because Kirk strikes me as the type of guy who would think... Because do you do you think Kirk goes home at night or after a season comes to an end and thinks to himself, I've got to examine myself and what I've done wrong here? Or do you think he, he goes home at night like a lot of athletes do who are really good at what they do and thinks, if only things around me were right? Because I did a lot right this year. I did a lot of things right. And if part of his thought process, and I'm willing to bet that when he calls this guy out in the Bay Area, he's told this, that Kyle says, man, if I was working with you on that, we would have done this and we would have done that. And Kirk thinks to himself, you know what? I would have thrived there. Yeah, I just think the way yeah. his brain works yep, actually yep. makes the that's San Francisco I, thing more likely. That's what I really likely. need is I really need somebody like Kyle. I guess, uh, yeah, well, I, I could see that as being a reasonable thought from Cousins that he would want to go and, and be with his buddy Kyle. I guess I'm just thinking from the perspective of this idea that he would take less. Like, Can I actually make that work in my brain? I have a really tough time doing that. If there's one team that wants him, and let's say that is San Francisco, they want to move on from Jimmy, because you know that San Francisco, like every other Super Bowl team, goes 10 and 6 next year or goes 9 and 7. Right. Next year. They, they always very do likely this. take a step. Tom out. Brady doesn't play quarterback for you. That's what's happening. And Richard Sherman is, is just old now, and yep. something happens. Yep, yep. I agree. So they're going to step back. And then San Francisco's going to go, you know what? Jimmy G is just not the guy. Yep. He's just not good enough, and we need to go get Kirk. So if Kirk goes to the Vikings and says, well, I know already that San Francisco is going to pay me, that they want me, that I'm going to go play with my buddy Kyle. Yes. But what are you guys going to bring to the table? All he needs is one. All he needs is San Francisco. And then we get to an impasse where the Vikings can't get him to take less. And think about what your argument would have to be. If you were going to try to like have a debate club, and little kid X is arguing for Kirk's big contract. Little kid Y is arguing that he has to take less. Little kid Y is saying, well, you haven't won anything. <laughs> and you'd be like, wait, isn't that a reason for us not to keep you? <laughs> right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's your only argument is... An yeah. arbitration he- hearing would actually try and destroy him. Yeah. And then you'd be like, well, I really don't want to pay him. Right. Exactly. You're right. Exactly. The only argument for him to take less to stay with you is sort of fundamentally built on the fact that you think he can't win. And here's why I don't think he takes a team-friendly deal, Matthew. I don't think he, he does, because going back to when he finally got a chance to leave Washington, he didn't bat an eye at leveraging the Jets mm-hmm. against the Vikings. Yep. And basically, because yep. we, we know for a fact that if the Jets don't play ball with Kirk, Kirk doesn't come here. Yeah. He would have probably gone to the Jets. So he basically got to his his sticker price point, right? Yep. And said and and in what we saw, so we saw it. He basically said, I, I won. Yeah. Got what I wanted. And it didn't put matter. It out there on TV and the Vikings too. could and the Vikings could have been team team whatever that he judged to be a better fit to win right then. Yep. So yep. it didn't matter if it was Minnesota, could have been Chicago if they had been in the same predicament, could have been Miami. It was all about leveraging the Jets to get what you wanted from a team where you thought, maybe mistakenly so, that you could win a Super Bowl. And I don't want to get in anybody's head because you don't know what their family situation is like or whatever else, but Kirk strikes me as a very logic-based guy. Like everything even about the way he plays quarterback is sort of, okay, I start with X and I go to Y and then I go to Z and then I throw it. And, And that's how he plays quarterback. And for his life and how much money he wants to earn and what kind of life he wants to live and how much money he wants to pass down, all those things. Like 
I don't know if you if you tell certain people that well you know uh, you can only make this number of millions but you can have these other things and we'll love you here and keep you in this organization. Some people are going to value just the millions a lot more. And this is a guy who made sixty million in his last two years as a starter in Washington, yeah. and then they offered him like sixty more million guaranteed. I don't remember the exact deal, and he said, "No, I'm going to go get it all guaranteed somewhere else." And and he went about it in a very calculated fashion, which is fine. And I would never criticize someone for trying to get their money because I want you and Jonathan to get your money too. But uh, in terms of whether we're evaluating if he would take a team-friendly deal. That's exactly right, yes. I, I have a tough it does, time seeing it. It. Doesn't, it doesn't logically figure that he would now turn around and be like, you know what, I really liked it here. Let's do right. something that's going to help right. you. All of a sudden, I'm not this mathematical thinker anymore. Uh, I'll tell you real quick mine uh, to circle back to where we began, which was with you know what could sort of take us aback uh, that like the Wolves have in clearing out their entire roster around Carl Anthony Towns. That would be in my mind if it wasn't something involving Kirk Cousins or a trade up. But I think we're all anticipating that possibility for a quarterback, so that wouldn't shock anyone. Mm-hmm. Is if they told Mike, you better figure it out on defense. Because we're going all in on this offensive line. If we're if we're going down with the Kirk ship, it's going to go down with the biggest, fattest, best dudes in front of him. Because ranking 27th by pro football focus in pass blocking is just not good enough. And, and, and he plays a role in that because they've got to hold their blocks. And Myron Metcalf and I are going to talk about that more later on the show today. But that would sort of surprise me. They've been about this, well, you know, we'll sign this guy to a reasonable deal. We'll kind of move this guy over to this position, which he probably can't play. And Mike Remmers will just go over there. And then Rashad Hill will play. And it'll be fine. And it's never fine. If they decided we're getting rid of Griffin, we're getting rid of Joseph, we're getting rid of Riley Reef, and we are signing Jason freaking Peters, and we're going to pay him $20 bucks for one year to be our left tackle, something like that would make me go, okay, oh, wow. They've kind of got it here. Like they, they've really decided you better get a top five offense or you don't have a shot and, at going to the Super Bowl. And Stefan Diggs is involved in a trade for, let's say, a left tackle. Well, that would be another thing, too. But I mean, that could all sort of go be, into. Yeah, that would be under the, the big crazy thing to happen. The mm-hmm. big bang of, yeah, I, I could see it. I could see it. I'd be slightly, I'd be surprised because the precedent has been that Mike gets what Mike wants, but at some point in time here, are they going to give him another, what, year piece extension? I mean, at some point in time, somebody else besides Mike has to say, we're all going to get fired here real soon if this doesn't turn in a very positive direction, right? Yes. And the, and... Wolves, and the Wolves have to be tired of seeing this offensive line get yep. eaten up on Sundays and then and then destroyed in the media basically on a weekly basis. All right, let's take a break. We come back. It's XFL Day, fellas. This is awesome. XFL this is, is happening. I'm, I'm actually excited it's about this. Re- I, I so hate. I after I watched the XFL documentary, I wrote for our old website. Like I think I the remember. XFL is going to happen again. I remember you wrote that, and it's happening. That was a great. Documentary. And I'm super excited tomorrow. Uh, it's coming. In fact, all weekend. So we're going to talk with Kevin Seifert about that, as well as 17-game season, and get his take. Kevin Seifert from ESPN joins us when we return. You'll listen to Purple Daily on Score North. Hey, Score North listeners. It's Phil Mackey here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is here to give business owners that peace of mind that you need 
when you've built a company with your blood, your sweat, your tears, maybe not your blood, but whatever, like you built a company and you want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover if needed, recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Federated has a century of experience in helping business owners. You can find out more about the industries Federated protects at their website, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back to Purple Daily in just a moment. But first, Destination Winter St. Paul featuring the Wells Fargo Winter Skate and the Securian Financial Super Slide is open now through February 22nd over at CHS Field in St. Paul. The Wells Fargo Winter Skate opens daily at 11 a.m. and the Securian Financial Super Slide is open Thursday through Sunday. For more information, visit scorenorth.com keyword winter. The Wolves holding their press conference introducing, well, a brand new team essentially. And Gerson Rosas talking about how long it took for this process to happen. Here's what he said. We've been planning for this since May 1 when we took this job. And the reality is you want it to happen May 2. You need some partners to do it. And it, it takes time. Our staff deserves a ton of credit. We were prepared for every opportunity. What we did in turning over our roster over the last week is something that not often happens. And to be able to execute, we had the support of our owner. He gave us all the resources to do anything that we needed to do and and even putting ourselves financially in the situation we are. But we needed to. We needed to take risks. We needed to take bets. And at this time, for this organization, for what we want to build, we made the sacrifices and we did the work to make the decisions we had to make. That's been your Score North Download. Now back to Purple Daily. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL! I will now do this entire interview with Kevin Seifert in that voice. Kevin Seifert, it's the XFL. It's back. Your thoughts. <laughs> I think that's. Uh, it's been interesting to see how many uh, Vince McMahon references there's been in the ramp up to this because if anything could be definitively said about this current edition of the XFL, it is that Vince McMahon has been walled off from it uh obviously he's the owner he's the financier but they have very intentionally uh not included him or any of the wrestling aspect in any part of the promotion uh they have taken a very different tact from the uh the previous xfl and you are in where to cover the dc defenders against the seattle dragons tomorrow go Dragons! yeah i'm in d i'm in dc wow the, uh, defenders will host the uh will host the Seattle Dragons, and they're playing at the new MLS soccer stadium in downtown D.C., Audi Field. It will be uh, it'll be quite an event. You still have time to get here if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on the next flight. Uh, yeah. So Okay, so that's interesting, Kevin, about walling off uh, Vince McMahon, because as you heard in the clip, that was problematic the first time, how involved he was and how much he turned it into a very uh, WWE type of product and had it completely implode. But now it's legitimate football people, right? I mean, Oliver Luck yeah. is in, involved here. And I, I think from a lot of perspectives, it seems like it's as if the AAF had known what the hell they were doing with the money. It seems like they're going for a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, basically what they did was they uh, they did a study and they and they tried to find out do people really want to um, to have spring football and what they found is that there really is this window 
uh, after the Super Bowl where people are in mourning. You know, hardcore football fans, not sort of the people. Matthew Collar. Collar being one of them. Collar's probably watching all 22 in mourning right now. But And there are many people like him. And they actually estimated there's 40 million people who would, if they if the football was good, would be fans of a spring league. And so they have really tried to focus on creating a league that would cater to hardcore football fans, would not offend them with any gimmicks, uh, would be well-played and interesting, and would uh, would be something that they would be entertained by. And so that's the sort of the, that's the, the focus group. That's the people they're targeting. So there's, when when that's when that's the parameters, there can't be any crossover with wrestling. There can't be any uh, you know scantily clad cheerleaders and violence on the you know gratuitous violence on the field and Jesse Ventura trying to interview coaches on the way off the field and all that stuff that we all kind of remember about the original XFL, but was actually in retrospect sort of uh, insulting to the hardcore football f- people who actually might be the candidates to watch it. What, Kevin, is going to make the, the play in this league watchable and, and or good? So what, what's the difference between what we saw in the AAF last spring, which I don't think was terrible, but it probably wasn't good, uh, and this that's going to make this, that, that's going to turn week one or week two success into a success where people will come back in week three and week four? Well, they're really banking, Judd, on sort of reimagining football in a subtle but noticeable way. Uh, they during the, the their research, they asked people, you know, what do you like about football, and what would you want changed? And most hardcore football fans love the game; they don't want to see anything materially changed. But they, and I think many other people agree that at times the NFL and the NCAA game, the college game, can go a little slow. The pace can be slow, and so they they came up with a lot of rule changes that they think is going to speed up not only the pace of the game but the length of the game. They have a 25-second clock instead of a play clock instead of a 40-second play clock, so the plays will go faster and uh, the clock will run uh, until the two-minute warning, no matter what. And so they think the games will be done in about two hours and 45 minutes, so about 20 minutes shorter than NFL games with about the same number of plays because of the quicker play clock. And they also sort of targeted some of the rules, some of the parts of the NFL game that, that we all can kind of get up and, not, and go to the bathroom and not even watch, you know, kickoffs, extra points, um, punts. They tried to, ma- to change some rules there that, that would sort of maximize the value of each of those plays. Those are big for journalists, though, you know, Kevin, covering games. Those uh, The touchdown extra point kickoff gives you a lot of time to do what you need to do when you've been pounding Diet Dr. Pepper since 9 a.m. You can you can file a whole story. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's certainly we'll we'll have to uh, have our heads on a swivel, but it will it will um, you know from a fan perspective, from the people in the stadium and people watching on TV. And remember, every single one of these games is going to be on national television. Um, I think it will it will certainly give people an idea of what's possible in terms of in terms of tweaking the parts of football that a lot of people don't like. So uh, they're also trying to mess with things like the kickoff, right? Is, is there a yeah. particular rule that they're implementing as the XFL that you think the NFL is going to be watching closely? Well, you know, the, the NFL has done all these things for the kickoff to make it safer, but they've not been able to convince teams to to um, do anything that would either uh, encourage more returns or, or find ways to, to get better returns. So what they did on the kickoff, 
um, was uh, was basically move move the uh, move the kicker back. Uh, five yards, so it's almost very unlikely for the ball to get into the end zone for a touchback. I think the NFL touchback rate last year was 60%. So you you, you eliminate all the possibilities for touchbacks. And they also sort of moved. It's going to look a lot. It's just the one that's going to look a lot different than what you see in the NFL. They moved all the covered guys and all the blockers from where the kicker is to the other side of the field where they would probably be uh, when the returner normally catches it. So that's between the 30 and the 35-yard line. And they have to stand still until the returner uh, catches the ball. And once he catches the ball, the referees will blow a whistle, and then they, everybody can start covering. So you have a guaranteed return uh, without players running full speed downfield to, um, to, and having these concussions and all the things that the NFL has identified as being problems with the kickoff. So that will be the one that, that looks a lot different uh but i I like you know they've also given um teams coaches especially a lot more choice they've really discouraged coffin uh punts um and coffin corner punts and punts inside the 50 if you if it goes into the end zone or out of bounds it's marked at the 35 so really encouraging encouraging people to go for it on fourth down and uh and after a touchdown there's no kicking extra point you either go for one from the two-yard line two from the five-yard line or for three from the 10-yard line. And most of these coaches are probably going to go for one, but it'll certainly, you know, as the, as the games wear on and you start doing the math, it'll certainly give them a lot more options and to play to win in regulation rather than going to overtime. QBs are, are paid more as well, correct? Because I, I think that's the key starting point. If you get competent quarterback play in a football game, it makes it far more e- easy to sit there and digest the play that, than it does if you got some poor guy trying to run 15 yards and throw it backwards or something. Yeah, they did. They absolutely paid. Some of these quarterbacks are getting paid close to the minimum wage in the NFL, which is four ninety, four hundred ninety thousand or so. Um, whereas most players in the XFL will be get get paid in the fifty five thousand a year range. Um, but you know, not to over uh, emphasize, like the, these quarterbacks are good. You know, are in some ways uh, better from a talent level with their position than some of the other players in the XFL. But you know, we're talking about people like Landry Jones, Josh Johnson, Aaron Murray, Matt McGloin, um, you know, Brandon Silvers, people who have been either AAF quarterbacks or you know backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Josh Johnson being another. So we'll see the extent to which their their skills make them superstars or, or allow the game to really be played on a higher level. But they certainly, in theory, focused on the right position if they were going to pay out money to anybody. All right, boys, prediction. How long, if this league has any success at all, how long before somebody reports that Oliver Luck's son, Andrew, is considering <laughs> a comeback to football as an XFL quarterback? Uh, yeah. It's got to happen. People were already assuming that was the, the fix was in when he came out of nowhere to uh, to announce his uh, retirement last summer. Well, clearly that means he's going to the XFL. But I think uh, I think people there could be all the reports you want. I think it's pretty likely that he is done for his career. Uh, we all know that Andrew Luck ends up as the Vikings quarterback <laughs> when he's forty one. That's when he'll come back is eight years from now and he'll play for the Vikings. There's no question about it. Uh, Kevin, what do you think of the gambling element of this? I, I saw that. They're going to include the lines and things like that on scrolls and, and so forth at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the NFL 
does the ultimate gambling on sports? I don't know yeah. about that. We, we've we heard of fantasy, but I don't know anything about anything else. I, I think that it's a step forward for the XFL to acknowledge that this might be a way to get people in. Yeah, and, and I think it's also just common sense leaning into where the, the wind is blowing as well. And, and we know where, where all the legislation is going in different states and even from a federal standpoint. Uh, I know the NFL would like there to be uniform rules throughout uh, the country in terms of sports gambling. But, you know, legislation or not, you know, federal legislation or not, you know, this is a industry that is here to stay and, and many millions of people participate and and donate their hard-earned uh, money to the house on a weekly basis. And, uh, and there's, there's really, it would be, it would be really derelict from a business standpoint, I think, for the XFL to do anything other than the way they're doing it. Kevin, last thing for you, uh, 17 game schedule. What you think? I mean, is that, is that happening? I feel like it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you would, it, you would think they're just, the NFL is just going to keep sweetening other pots until the players agree to allow that to happen. Uh, it wouldn't happen next year, so you wouldn't have to worry immediately about how all the logistics are going to happen. Even if uh, they just give, uh, you know, there would, the owners would get the option to start it between uh, 2021 and 2023. But it sure feels like something that is a deal breaker for owners. Uh, we'll see if that's the case. Regardless, I don't think there's any doubt that there's going to be two more teams in the playoffs. Like that part hasn't gotten as much um, publicity, and it's uh, not. You know, worth as much money, obviously, but it's worth a decent amount, especially when you talk about reducing the preseason. So, if I had a guess on whether the 17 game season will happen, I would say it probably will, but it may not be uh, a quick decision from the players. Well, what do you think that they have to give up? I mean, is it fully guaranteed contracts? I feel like that's just never no. going to happen. Is it more it's benefits? Just, it's, just, it's just more of the percentage of the revenues. Hmm. You know, usually uh, where a lot of that is, um, you know, there could be some. Things like changes to the marijuana policy, things that, that you know, diff- different off-season uh, workout incentives or, or, or protections in terms of what they have to do and what's voluntary. Those are all things that matter to players. Um, you know, the, the sort of the, the weird thing about it is that the current players who would be determining this, uh, you know, a percentage of them won't even be around when the NFL would the earliest time the NFL could activate the, the, uh, the options. So uh, they're making decisions um, to get an immediate uh, uh, revenue boost for the, for the player side. And it won't affect the physical uh, uh, well-being of them or at least of any players for a couple of years. So it's a, it's a really complicated dynamic. Um, in the end, the NFL will have to, to give the players enough money to make it worth their time. And that's and when the players feel like they've done that, then they'll agree to it. Yeah, I, and it does feel um, very much inevitable. Like you said, they'll just keep trying and trying and trying until it happens. There's too many millions out there for them to ignore it. Um, Kevin Seifert, ESPN, on location to report on the XFL. I'm excited. So, Kevin, you have yourself a great time. Me and Judd will be watching, for sure, the first day yeah. of the return of yes. the XFL. ABC and Fox. <laughs> He's got it. Thanks, Kevin. All right. See you later, right. Kevin. Talk to you guys later. Yep. Okay. It's XFL day. <laughs> I'm not going to criticize you. It's so fun. Ron is so all high and back. mighty about how he won't watch it. Uh, whatever. I'm going to watch it. Why would you not? Why would you not at least check out what it looks like? What the jerseys look like? AAF I saw last the, year, guess what? They're allowing these new visors. 
huh? for guys to wear. So there's one that looks like a lizard. So the guy's visor over his face mask has like lizard face and eyes. Looks real cool. All right. XFL day. What former Vi- what Viking in this league who you saw because you saw him all training camp is actually going to be good? Oh, what Viking in this league? Because there's huh? a bunch of guys who have been through the uh, training camps last okay. couple of years. Give in me this a league. second. Let me look. I up found the an list entire again. list somewhere. Yeah, um, but there's got to be one guy who you liked who you thought that guy's not bad. Let me look. I'm gonna okay, pull, I'm going right. to pull this because it is XFL day. Yes, it is definitely XFL day. I'm I'm excited for it. Just because I like to see stuff that could burn to the ground or could be awesome in yeah. ways we didn't expect. So anytime that's the case, I like new leagues too. I'm, I'm in. Um, Willie Beavers is in this league. Okay, that's did you not know co- Willie Beavers is in this league? I think I might have come across his name. I knew that Jeff Bidette was. I had no idea that Willie Beavers was in this league, and he wasn't like the first player cut. That's amazing. Taylor Heineke's in this league. That I did not know. Okay, now that's a guy I wouldn't be surprised at all if Taylor Heineke somehow turned out to be like the MVP of the XFL. Because he has talent. He can throw the ball. He's a really good athlete. And he went absolutely crazy in college. His numbers were nuts. And I think he even punted occasionally. Okay. Uh, He's the ultimate, like, Oh, this guy! I remember him in camp. He's a great athlete. Just because he's a good athlete, he he might. And he was last seen right. starting for the Carolina Panthers, right? He started, I think, one game for Carolina okay. when it was at you know the very end. Storm Norton is, I know, our friend Courtney Cronin's favorite player great in the name. XFL for sure. Jack Tocho, remember Jack Tocho? Yeah, safety. Yeah, sure was. Did you like him? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Stacy Coley is in his league. He actually had some potential, but I'm I. I got the sense he couldn't figure out the playbook. And here, okay, I didn't know this guy we was got it. I'm we got so it? excited about this. Nick Truesdell. Do you remember Nick Truesdell? Uh, the, the name, but I remember no specifics. This is great. Nick Truesdell has played in every league that's ever existed. So I'm going to read you the teams, the professional football teams that Nick Truesdell has been a part of, including the Minnesota Vikings in 2017. I believe he was on their practice squad, but he was definitely in training camp. He's a tight end. Okay. And when he was signed, people actually on Twitter were getting excited, tweeting out his Arena Football League highlights, which is the best. Like, Twitter is just undefeated. Now gone, by the way. Ridiculousness like that. He played from 2014 to present Mm -hmm. for the Colorado Ice, the Bemidji Axemen, so one of us, Spokane Shock, Portland Steel, Indianapolis Colts in training camp, Arizona Rattlers, Cleveland Gladiators, Minnesota Vikings in camp, Salt Lake Stallions, New York Jets in practice squatter camp, and now the Tampa Bay Vipers. He is six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. He's been in trouble with the law. He went to Grand Rapids Community College and University of Cincinnati. It's like a movie. Yes. That's what I'm saying. If Nick Truesdell, and I believe uh, one of these teams, the Salt Lake Stallions, the AAF, so he played in the AAF. That's what I was going to ask you. If he dominates this league, he caught 24 passes in the AAF before it went defunct. All right. Uh, if, if he dominates this league and somehow ends up back with the Vikings or something, catches a touchdown in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Who'd be like so the excited. best story? Yeah. This It'd is be a movie. another It'd reason be a to love movie. the XFL. Because you know that guys like this who have these hilarious, ridiculous backgrounds of trying so hard to make it in the NFL, uh-huh. 
there will be three guys who eventually do it, and they will all be awesome stories. It'll be super fun. So this is your pick, though. Nick Truesdale? Nick Truesdale. That's be- your pick. Because he's my pick for randomly showing up somewhere next year. Like, Blake Bell won the Super Bowl. Did everyone yeah. realize this? That Blake Bell... I, when I was watching the game, I heard his name, yeah. Blake Bell, and he played. Blake Bell was a guy who was on the 27 Vikings, 27 one Vikings, of those and never played. ex-Vikings in the XFL who you actually think is good. No, I don't think he's good. I just think okay, that but there's is there, so But is there few... one that you like no, in training camp? No, definitely not. Okay, there's not but one. But right. there are so few... Stacy Coley probably has the best chance to end up on a team somewhere because right. he actually can run routes and he's pretty explosive. I just don't get the sense that he's like super great at figuring out the playbooks um, in the NFL. But Nick Truesdale being tall and having really good hands, if he dominates in this league and catches a bunch of touchdowns, uh-huh. some team, just as they did with Blake Bell and Michael Pruitt, nobody can play tight end. Everyone is bad at tight end. There are three tight ends well, in the NFL worth anything. A lot's asked. Exactly. Like you can do one thing, but not two so things a lot. Of NFL times. teams are always bringing in yeah. whoever that they're going up to basketball players at community college because yeah, they're like, "What do you think? Catch the end? ball, but they can't block, <laughs> right. and guys that can block can't catch the ball." Yeah. So if he does well, I wouldn't be surprised if some All team right. randomly makes him their number three tight end. Who is your XFL team? Mm. Have, have you adopted one yet? That strikes me as a very Matthew Collar thing to adopt at least one team. No, I haven't. It strikes me and, as you will. And one of the problems is that they all have bad names. Like, there are no names that I love, like the Defenders, the Dragons, the Wildcats. Here's what I want. Eh. I want next season a Minnesota franchise, and I want I want them to play in, as Kevin said, I want them to play in Jonathan Soccer Stadium. Yeah, that would be great. Allianz Field. It'd be I, perfect. Boutique I, Stadium. It's perfect because you don't want to play in U.S. Bank Stadium. Which team is June Jones coaching? He's fun. Hold on. Whatever team is going to throw the ball all the time. Okay. How old is June Jones now? That's the favorite right now. How is there no love for the St. Louis Battlehawks? I am a big fan. Okay, all right. That's a great name. If Jeff George on June Jones staff, have they patched (laughs) things up 30 years later after they got in the great sideline screaming match? But if June Jones is going to throw it 45 times a game. June Jones is only 66. Let's go. Man, he was young when he was coaching the Falcons. Yep. It's XFL day. Well, I'm really excited about it. I know you are. Because... And I'm not making fun of you. Again. Taking it serious. If nothing else... First of all, it's not fun to look down your nose at stuff anyway. I think this about... There are many things in the world that people look down their nose at. Jonathan would know this because he likes superhero movies. And, Mm -hmm. And people who like not superhero movies... Well, I don't know. It's not even real. Thor's not even a real person. Who Looking at cares? you, Martin Just Scorsese. I was going to say, Scorsese yeah, hates, I mean, hates you, Jonathan. Not cinema. That is the cares. least fun person in the entire yeah. world. People who don't like pop music. I only like uh, gypsy jazz. Like, good for you, man. Good for you. But Katy Perry's got some bangers, so let's just listen to them. You know what I mean? Like, who cares? It's It's all right. It's fun. Everything doesn't have to be the most, you know... Artistic things. So if you're an NFL fan and you're, oh, who cares about the XFL? Well, whatever. I mean, it's football and you should watch it and see what happens. I'm with That's you. The way I look I'll be it. watching tomorrow. Because if it implodes, it's going to be hilarious and we'll joke about it forever. The AF. It's the worst case scenario. The it's AF a punchline that we can use for off its equipment like a garage sale. <laughs> it's great. The guy who owned the Carolina Hurricanes bought him to get like their app and shut him down. God, that's so funny. The way, it, it, that's what I mean. Is even, he wanted their app. It just... They had one thing going for them. 
it's funny if it goes wrong, and it might be cool if it goes right. So let's uh, take a break. Judd, thank you for your time, thank as you. always. Uh, Myron Metcalf from ESPN is going to come in here. We will talk a little bit more about Myron's take on the XFL, as well as why he sees some similarities between Carl Anthony Towns and Kirk Cousins. We will talk about all that when we return. It's Purple Daily on Score North. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Welcome into hour number two of Purple Daily. If you missed any of the first hour, go to wherever you get your podcasts. Or also, I should let people know that we put a ton of the shows on YouTube. So if you are one of those people like me who's constantly just perusing and scrolling your YouTube app when you're bored, uh, try typing in Purple Daily, and a lot of our content goes up there as well. Now, coming into the studio uh, to join me here in the conversation, Myron Metcalf. What is up, Myron? How's it going, man? It's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. I, I know that um, you've been focusing a lot on Wolves trades yeah. recently. So ye- yesterday on the show, I made a little bit of a Carl Anthony Towns, Kirk Cousins comparison, mm. as in a very good player whose fundamental flaws probably uh, hurt you enough where you can't get over the top, and they're building their franchise now around Carl Anthony Towns, and he has actually been named GM today. Yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the Vikings have a similar choice on their hands with Kirk Cousins, and I know that we're going to talk about it all summer and, until it happens and he signs an extension or he doesn't, and then we'll talk about it all next season. Um, but I, I wonder if you had the same thought ping in your mind of, yeah, you know, when you build everything around a guy who might not be – like a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James or a Patrick Mahomes, and you let that person run your team, you're kind of signing up for not getting to where you think you should be going. Yeah, and I think just the ceiling is lower. You know, when you're dealing with situations like that, you can win, uh, but you know there are just limits to that. Like, you know you can't win championships, which is what what everybody wants. And I think I think Carl Anthony Towns and Kirk Cousins – Fans have used a similar word, especially with Carl Anthony Towns in recent days and weeks. There is a sense that people feel stuck mm-hmm. with these situations, whereas yep. you just have to accept it because guess what? Carl Anthony Towns essentially went on uh, a rant, a post-game rant, saying I'm losing patience, which in this day and age, even with a Supermax deal, like deals don't matter anymore. Yep. I mean, Anthony Davis was in New Orleans on his second mansion. He had two mansions. And he's like, uh, yeah, by the way, I'm not playing anymore for you guys. I'm not going to sign an extension, so you might as well trade me. So the Pelicans called his bluff and said, no, we're not trading you during the season. You're going to play with us for the rest of the year. And Anthony Davis essentially said, yeah, not really. Right. So I think in this era, when a Carl Anthony Town says, I'm, quote, losing patience, a GM knows that means you don't know how easy it would be for me to force my way out of town this summer. Yes. And I think that, to me, was the message Carl Anthony Towns was sending. So now he brings in D'Angelo Russell, and this is your group. That's your core for the next four years. They're going to sign D'Angelo Russell to a long-term deal. You don't bring him in unless you're going to do that. And I think Kirk Cousins, it's a similar feel. Okay, you're going to sign him to an extension because what else are you going to do? And I think the problem with Kirk Cousins and the extension is we can talk about why it's not a good idea. But – we can also look at all the franchises around the NFL who have not had a franchise quarterback for years, for decades. Like, right. call the Dolphins and ask them about life after Marino. 
call the Chicago Bears. Like, call some of these teams that have legitimately, Kyle, have been looking for franchise quarterbacks. Not, not great quarterbacks, not elite quarterbacks, just guys who can do the job for decades, which is why Kirk, I think, will get the extension as well. Uh, but I think with both guys, Carl Anthony Towns, Kirk Cousins, there's a sense of, okay, I guess this is the best we can do. And it's hard to rally around that consistently mm-hmm. when you know there's a ceiling and when you know you're going to reach a point where you just go, well, this is about as good as we're going to get. Yeah, you don't have to look even to other NFL cities to see struggles getting a franchise quarterback. Exactly, yeah. You really just have to go to the Vikings Museum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Sean Salisbury. <laughs> exactly. Huh? exactly. And uh, our buddy Gus Ferrat, who was on yes. the show earlier this week. I mean, you know, they have had a merry-go-round of quarterbacks, and I could see that being part of the case to sign Cousins to an extension yeah. is that you know who he is, you know what his strengths are, you know what his weaknesses are. And this is what I wanted to get into, Myron, is whether you think, and we'll also talk about the XFL, which I can't yeah. wait to discuss, yes. uh, but whether you think that the Vikings did enough around Kirk Cousins over these last two seasons for him to get the the, the entirety of his talent out on the field and, and the entirety of, of their winning. And, and so I've got some numbers here. I, I looked through Pro Football Focus's grades mm-hmm. for all the different areas that are not Kirk Cousins. So pass blocking, receiving, running, run blocking. And they rank all those four areas, and they, they have their grades for every player, and then I compared them to the rest of the NFC. Now, the Vikings were ninth best in receiving, despite missing Adam Thielen for a good yep. amount of time. And in 2017, they were second in receiving. They were 16th in running, again, with Delvin Cook missing some time. He was the fifth best running back in the NFL by their metrics. 12th in run blocking, but 27th in pass blocking. He had the same sack rate in 2019 as he did in 2018. They just threw the ball less. And almost the same exact pressure rate. Yeah. And that's where I could make a case that if you can find a way to improve that one specific area, because Cousins' clean pocket quarterback rating was 114, and when he was pressured, it was 87, because that's mm-hmm. usually how football works. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes, then you do whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you know, I think that that would be the one area you could make a case that we saw a really good version of Cousins in the Kubiak system this year, but the one area where they just have not done enough for him, which is always the cat conversation, did they do enough, is the pass blocking. Ranking 27th is going to make life really hard on you. And Jared Goff's pass blocking was 29th, and he yeah. went from MVP caliber season in the Super Bowl to being a mediocre quarterback when he did not have the pass blocking. Yeah, I mean, I think Andrew Luck is the greatest example of that, even though he retired the year before he retired. They had the best offensive line in football, arguably, in Indianapolis. And the previous year for Jacoby Brissett, I, I think he was sacked more than 40 times. It was a, it was a crazy sack rate that they had that mm-hmm. year. And then they went and got out, got, got Quentin Nelson, young guy to Notre Dame. They just rebooted that entire offensive line. And suddenly Andrew Luck comes back and puts up one of his best seasons. Like, I think the lie about quarterback is we look at Mahomes and Russell Wilson and go, well, even if you don't have protection, you can do that. And the reality is there are like five guys who can do that kind right. of stuff. Yep. You know, there are a handful of guys who can actually do that. For the most part, quarterbacks in this league are complementary players in that they operate within a particular system, and the system has a massive impact on how they perform. The question I always have, Collar, is with the Kirk Cousins, even if you give them more protection, 
there are still going to be those freelance moment moments, those, those magical moments where you go, I don't know how the heck you're going to make this play, but I kind of need you to make it mm-hmm. because that's why you're the starting quarterback in the NFL. That's why you're making all this guaranteed money. Like I kind of need you to figure out, figure it out. And I think that was the Super Bowl. That's what happened was Patrick Mahomes. People are accustomed to him doing exactly what he did. I don't know how you're going to pull us out of this hole, but you better do it. Whereas suddenly Jimmy Garoppolo, when he had gone 12 for 13 during that stretch on his play action passes and everything was clicking, suddenly, all right, he's getting more pressure. Balls are being batted mm-hmm. down. Now he's got to be a guy who's thinking on the fly. Yep. And when you go from reading a teleprompter to having to freestyle on stage, it's a different thing. So I always struggle with how much of an expectation should I have for Kirk Cousins to give me those magical moments and what's the expectation in terms of you being able to run a game plan, stick to a script, and that being enough to win. There's a gap somewhere in there, mm-hmm. but I do think you've got to give him those tools and and, and, and limiting the pressure, uh, improving in that area would help. But there's always going to be a part of me that goes, Bro, you got to give me some magic, too. Right, and on the play where Patrick Mahomes threw it 57 yards in the air, it's a Tyreek Hill, which Twitter still said, oh, you underthrew it a little. Like, okay, yeah. off his back foot, yeah. and if you watch the left side of the line, the 49ers just ran through the left side yes. of the line. He dropped back 14 yards. There was a really great feature from the NFL Films people on all the exact numbers. That. Oh, it's incredibly well done. Um, but also, I went holy bleep a number yeah. of times in yeah. that. First, that he called the play himself which is amazing because he has a freak boy brain to yeah, go along with his physical skills. And he, and he drops back 14 yards, gets pressured, throws it off his back foot. And then one of the things that I loved about it is in his press conference, he said, yeah, the offensive line held up pretty well on that play. Like, Pat, no, they didn't. But I appreciate that you said that. Yeah. Like his leadership skills, yeah, exactly. like this natural ability. He's going up the sideline. All right, we're coming back. We're coming back. Everybody else is down. They're on the sideline. He knows right when to walk over to Tyree Kill and say, I need you to make a yep. play. Like it was just the perfect encapsulation of everything that is great about Mahomes. And now I have to apologize to every other quarterback who comes after him or plays in the NFL now. You're done. Because you're getting compared to that guy for the rest of uh, probably the decade, right? So it's unfair to Kirk to compare him to Patrick Mahomes because he'll just never be that. Yeah. Um, But I have a few questions off of this with the offensive line because it gets talked about a lot as an explanation or excuse, depending on whether you agree with it, um, about the offensive line. I think we can say that... They did not do a good enough job of building the offensive line, but also say uh, with what money were they supposed to do that? You couldn't sign Roger Saffold. You had to sign Josh Klein, and that's because of the quarterback. I would also say, too, that there's only been one year where a Kirk Cousins offensive line that he's ever played for has been ranked by PFF in the top ten, and that could be because he asks them to to, to hold on to their blocks for three, four seconds yeah. all the time. He holds the ball longer than any quarterback right. in the league, right? Like, it, it shouldn't be a surprise that Drew Brees has great offensive linemen who come into the league and adapt quickly, like uh, Ryan Ramchek, their right tackle. He gets rid of the ball faster than anybody in the NFL. They don't have to hold their blocks as long. So, of course, they're going to grade higher when they're having more positive snaps than Cousins holding onto the ball for a long time. So I think that that's another part of it is the quarterback plays a role in ranking 27th. Yeah. And 
the receiving part of it seems to have a bigger overall impact on the quarterback than the offensive line. And your evidence is right here in front of you in Minnesota because Sam Bradford's offensive line is the worst thing I've ever seen. You were playing left tackle. Mm -hmm. We had (laughs) Judd playing right tackle. I mean, Jake Long came out of essential retirement to play a couple of games that season. And uh, somehow I saw that somebody signed Andre Smith the other day, which is mind blowing. Oh, but he's he, like he's still why? in the NFL. But T.J. Clemmings is not in the NFL anymore. He was your left tackle for most of that season, and yet Bradford career highs yeah. in a lot of statistical areas. And a guy got hurt a lot too. I mean, so if anyone knows the danger of pressure, right. it's that dude, right? And, and then you have Case Keenum who. Yeah. Ran around a lot, but did not have a good offensive line. And ultimately, no. it's one thing we totally kind of wash over. They got exposed in the NFC Championship game by a great defensive line. And Case Keenum couldn't make up for it by yep. running around and making plays. But that offensive line wasn't good either. Yep. It was the same story. They were good at run blocking, and yet they end up 13-3. and Thielen and Diggs are the two of the best in the world. And they had a couple of other guys like Jarius Wright who would step up. Kyle Rudolph is one of the most reliable players in the NFL. Like they are able to give quarterbacks that they've had since Mike Zimmer got here great situations. And they're sixth in team quarterback rating since Zimmer took over. And the ones ahead of them have like yeah. Patrick Mahomes and, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, and, and Drew Brees. So I, I tend to think that in terms of a situation to step into, despite the offensive line's issues that they have still given Kirk Cousins pretty much everything he could ask for, and you ended up with mostly the same results outside of a close overtime win in New Orleans. Which is the frustrating part, right? Again, it's that magic. You're never going to give me Patrick Mahomes magic, but with that money, and you said something I think that's really important. Yes, let's not pretend as if this doesn't take money. right? Yeah, the offensive line isn't better because the guy behind it it's making a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. But we pay guys like that because you go, you're going to be the difference. Right. You're going to close that gap. If you want to be Jacoby Brissett and you just want to hand the ball off 25 times a game right. uh, and have these design plays where you're really not taking a lot of risk and you're not being placed in a position to have to take risks, go for it. Right. But that's not who Kirk Cousins is supposed to be. Right. So I think that becomes the, the challenge is – you're always going to expect him to do more, to do some of the things that aren't on the play sheet. Because that's why you're a starting quarterback in this league and considered one of the better, at least on-paper quarterbacks here as well. The Super Bowl is really eye-opening, right? In that that offensive line for Jimmy Garoppolo gave him a lot of time and opportunities early on. And then suddenly Chris Jones and the boys decided, we want a ring. And we're about to bring it in the fourth quarter and see what this guy's made of. Yep. Made of. And it was amazing to me. Like what people aren't talking about is the balls that were batted down. Like all of a sudden, you're throwing the ball with the same trajectory, the same angle, and they're getting tipped and blocked, and it's just clearly throwing Jimmy Garoppolo off. I say all that to say, in a league where you've got defensive linemen who are getting faster, bigger, stronger, more versatile. Like, what position does Dick, Nick Bosa play? Like, what position does Jadavian Clowney play? All I mean, of like, them. You know what I mean? So, you are asking guys to do something that's impossible in this day and age. And I think you're going to see offensive linemen look worse and worse yeah. just considering the athleticism that's across from them. Yes. So, I don't know that you can ever in this day and age go, we're going to add an offensive lineman or two and suddenly things are going to completely change. Um, 
And that, to me, is why you need, and that's why we're seeing more mobile quarterbacks in the league, more guys who can make some of those plays uh, that you draw up in the sand. And Kirk Cousins wasn't that enough. And I think the challenge is, if you tell me every time he didn't even have a moment to make those decisions, I'm with you. But that's not the case. We talk about that Dallas game, you know, where you go, okay, here's an opportunity for you to make that play to Kyle Rudolph that changes the game, for you to go up uh, in some of these games where you're like, make that throw. And now it's a difference between being up 20 to zero and now instead of going into halftime, it's 20 to 10. You're playing the Green Bay Packers who legitimately are trying to give you the game in the first half. Yes, you don't have Dalvin Cook, but they are saying, here's the game. Here are three turnovers and a fourth that should have been a turnover and a couple of really bad passes that should have been intercepted. Here it is, Kirk. What are you going to do with it? Make one or two plays and you change that game. And I think people are tired two years in of going, you just made $60 million and you didn't give us those magical moments that we need if you're going to be a franchise quarterback in this league. Yeah, and that sort of relates back to where we started with Carl Anthony Towns, where it's, you know, I see your numbers, and I see where you were drafted, and everyone tells us that you're great, Yeah, but yet your winning percentage without Jimmy Butler in town is like 30%. Yes. And so when it doesn't match up, um, for all those things, and then you keep saying, well, all we need is to have Jimmy Butler with him. Then he'll be different. All we need is to have, no, no, Jimmy gone, and, yeah. and see it was Tip's fault, and see Robert Covington wasn't good enough, and then I see Russell Westbrook passing the ball for a couple open threes last night, and he cans him. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, aside from Turbo Snark about the, uh, you know, the... the you think uh, he's happy? He's probably happy. Uh, I mean, after last night playing with Westbrook and Harden, <laughs> yeah. he's going to get a lot of open threes. Yes, he is. People are going to look at his numbers and be like, he shot 45% for three? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, he did. All open. Because they're driving the paint every single time, yeah. so it's not contested. Um, but, that you know, that's part of it, though, is is we talk about, oh, you, all you need is this and all you need is that. But when it came push to shove uh, against Seattle, you got the ball, you're down by four, you had time to throw, and you go three and out with, I think, two targets to Laquan Treadwell. Like, yep. I mean, it's just like these things have happened so often throughout his two years here and through his career. Even in 2016, when they had the eighth best offensive line by Pro Football Focus, nine and seven, had a chance to win the final day to get in the playoffs, didn't do it. And it's just it. the accumulation of his history is now too much to ignore. Even with one playoff win, you still weren't able to get yourself to a one or two seed with a team that had the talent to do so. Yeah. And the way I look at things now after this is if you don't have that, you probably just aren't going to make it. Yeah. If you got to go through, you know, three, four cities to get there, it's, it's probably, probably not, not going to happen. Now, my question is, Myron, is there something that they could do this offseason? That would make you say, okay, Vikings, okay, okay, Kirk, now the excuses are completely off the table, and if you guys aren't 13-3, and three, then, yeah. then you're a mess. It, because they don't have a lot of cap space to work with, but they can create it. They can rob Peter to pay Paul to some extent. But the great part about doing that is that positions have different value to them. Mm-hmm. So if you get a Debo Samuel-like number 3 receiver, that's probably more valuable than, say, you know, another linebacker or something like that. So spending where you spend your money matters a lot for this. Is there a move that would make you say, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk takes it to another level? Um, well, it's not just on Kirk. I think adding some speed to the secondary. You know, I don't know how many times we watch games and said, 
Xavier Rhodes is a step slow. Yep. Harrison yep. Smith even a step slow. I mean, there are a lot of guys you said you weren't as fast in 2019 as you were even in 2018, and it's visible. So I, I think that's an important element. But I don't think this team is going to advance in the playoffs what it does defensively. Like you're going to have to be the kind of team that puts up big numbers uh, every week. That's why you've got to focus on offense. Uh, I think the offensive line. Can can you add a piece there that uh, gives Kirk some more protection? Mm-hmm. I think the third receiver matters more than maybe people realize. Yes, and you got to look at the Saints because Michael Thomas was amazing, mm-hmm. and Michael Thomas was the best wide receiver in football, and that's a large part of why the Saints were undefeated even with Drew Brees out for five games. Yes. However, Michael Thomas being your number one guy, 80% of the targets, is why when he wasn't as effective in the playoffs against the Vikings, there weren't a lot of other options to go to. You don't want to be in that situation. So I think that third receiver uh, would certainly help this team. But I think the thing you need more than anything is health. I mean, like you look at this team and you go – if Thielen's healthy all season, if Dalvin Cook is healthy all season, it's pretty easy to see that this is the team that maybe gets that first round by. They're resting week one. Someone has to come to Minneapolis, and suddenly a lot of things may change for you. Um, you think so? Happen. Do you think it would have been different? Well, I, here's you still got to run into San Francisco, and San Francisco is really good. Yeah. But I do think we never saw that team potentially. We never saw Thielen never looked like Adam Thielen. Not from past years. He never was yep. healthy. And the Dalvin Cook, who looked pretty good in the first 11 games, disappeared after he started getting bruised and banged up. Um, so I, I do think having that rest and then playing one game going into the yeah. NFC Championship, I do think that would be a, a, a difference potentially. But I don't know what else they – I don't think they're desperate for anything. Like this is a team that has in back-to-back years – had the potential to win twelve games or more. The Packers, what did they what did they have? I know you can bring in Zadarius Smith, you can bring in Preston Smith. Mm-hmm. And yes, they were really good players. But go look at those two 49ers games the Packers played. Those guys were good, and guess what? It didn't matter. Yep. They still got destroyed. Because at the end of the day, you need an offense that can find a way to move the ball. And I don't know what else you have to give the Minnesota Vikings to do that consistently. I do think that one of the lessons we could take away from all of the recent Super Bowl champions over the last four years is that if you're not in the top five in offense in the NFL, don't even talk to me. Yep, They've all been over the last four years from 2016, 17, 18, 19, all been in the top five in scoring, the teams that make the Super Bowl. Every once in a while you get your Peyton Manning, awful Broncos offense, gets super lucky and Antonio Brown gets hurt and the Patriots miss an extra point and yeah. whatever happens, you get in the Super Bowl. But even that, even that team that won the Super Bowl played the number one offense yes. in the Super Bowl yep. that season. So if you aren't in the top five, and the only reason that Kansas City was fifth is because Mahomes was hurt for a couple games. Yep. If he wasn't, they probably would have been even ranked a little bit higher. Did the Vikings beat that team without Mahomes? Did they? Mm-hmm. They played him, right? Yeah. Did they win that? Did they win? Didn't go super well. Okay. You know, but I don't weirdly, their quarterback had the ball with a chance to go win, and it didn't Interesting. happen, which Interesting. is a unique trend. Uh, yeah. But the Sounds point familiar. just being that whatever amount of offensive talent you think you have, and if you think, no, 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 we've spent a lot there. We spent draft picks there. We, we're going to pay Delvin and all this stuff. It's not enough. And the Chiefs paying 
Sammy Watkins to be a 50-catch receiver. Like, it paid off, though. Yes. Like, if you just looked at his regular season stats, you'd go, that guy made how much? Exactly. But when it came to the playoffs, they're going to try to shut down your star players. They're going to try and shut down your Kelsey or your Tyree Kill, and it didn't entirely happen, but that having that one extra guy, and that's the thing with the Vikings in recent years, and even going back to last offseason, it's always been, hey, we got to keep these defensive players because look who our head coach is. And I would say for them this offseason, I wonder if the front office goes to Mike and says, coach him up, buddy, yep. because we're getting that number three and we're getting that left guard and we're going to give Kirk everything in the world. And if he still can't do it, then we know for sure. Yeah, and I, and I think they should have that message. Here's the thing about defense in the NFL. How many teams started off in the first five, six weeks of the year and they were terrible? They're in the bottom half of efficiency, yep. and then they just started figuring it out. The Ravens, when Earl Thomas shows up, mm-hmm. and they're not very good early on defensively. We're just not noticing it because Lamar Jackson's so good. And then they improved. That Chiefs team, defensively, they struggled all year. But I tell you what, in the fourth quarter of that game, when they had to hold it down, that's when it mattered most, and that's when they stepped it up. And I think, to me, the most important thing defensively is to have a defense that is capable of playing at an elite level yes. in clutch situations. Yes. I think an offense cannot be built like that. Like You need an offense that doesn't play after play after play, that is consistent. You can't win with an offense that has one big quarter every two games or something like that. Yep. You have to be great. So if that's the choice, invest in the offense and let the defense, which you have invested in. You know, It's not like you haven't spent money on the defense right. side of the ball. Let them get coached up, play better, and then you hope your offense carries you to the wherever you end up. And and the way I look at it is if you have enough talent like they do with Harrison Smith and Daniil Hunter and Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr, like these and, and Mike Hughes is a first round pick, if you have those guys, you should be able to fill in around them. You should never plan on being the number one defense in the NFL anyway. Yeah. It should always be your plan that your defense can make a big stop at a big time, like the Chiefs did with Chris Jones knocking down a pass. Yep. That's a big time player making a big time play. But you can't count on them to just shut other teams out because you end up with what we saw in 2017, where eventually that dam is going to break. Yeah. You can't stop great offense in the NFL today. That's why I hate the defense wins championships thing. Yeah. Like if an offense is struggling, a great offense is struggling, most likely it's them. <laughs> you know? It's not because right. you've got some wrecking ball on the other side of the field. All right, let's take a break. We come back. You have thoughts on the XFL. I do. And I'm excited. I do. I'm jacked up for the XFL, man. I'm I'm walking up to the TV like that Vince McMahon shit. Yeah, like, yeah. all right, let's go. Let's have some XFL. Yeah. We're going to discuss when we come back. ESPN's Myron Metcalf, Matthew Collar. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Welcome back. Final segment of the week for Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Myron Metcalf. And tomorrow, let's go through the slate, Myron. We got the Dragons and Defenders. Oh, yeah. One o'clock on ABC. We have at four o'clock the Wildcats and the Roughnecks on Fox. And then on Sunday, it is an XFL all weekend, a takeover, you might say, of the sports world. Vipers and Guardians. And then we have at four o'clock on Sunday the Battle Hawks against the Renegades. Do you want me to give you the Vegas lines for the game? What are they? Yeah, let's talk about Uh, it. Okay. So the uh, Defenders are minus eight in the first game against the Dragons. Oh, man, good money there. Houston, I guess, is a team. 
and they're minus six against whatever city the other team is in. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Vipers are minus two and a half, and Dallas. I'm going to say they're probably the Renegades, but they might be the Battle Hawks. They're minus nine and a half. All in on Dallas. Do it. Definitely put the money Crazy on Crazy line. So <laughs> it's easy to laugh at the XFL for the second time. You know, not many yeah. leagues have a chance to be laughed at uh, for the second time in a row. But that's what a lot of people are doing because there isn't any evidence that a football league outside the NFL will thrive. Yeah. Right? The NFL is just too big. Where this feels different to me is that, A, you've got a promoter behind it that people, if they don't respect Vince McMahon, they at a minimum pay attention to him. Uh, You've got a guy where the funding is legit. Remember the AAF, the problem was they were trying to put together that league the way we try to pay a tab at the sports bar with other sports riders. Hey, you you had the chili cheese fries, right? Okay, I need $15 (laughs) from you. Uh, you, you had the chili, give me five. Uh, you can't run a league like that. And they got Vince McMahon, they've got the money behind it. Here's where this league can have a future. And obviously you're going to have to have an interesting product, and I don't know all the rules they're going to try. You can, I believe, give football players a chance to reboot their careers. The NFL is a terrible place for mid-career talent. Yeah. And the problem in the NFL is that mid-career can happen to you after two years in the league. I mean, depending on what position you play. And I think there are three positions where you go, okay, this can be a good thing. Quarterback, running back, kicker. The biggest problem with the NFL is that those positions, a lot of times, they're going to get inactive talent. They're going to get guys who just haven't played football in a long time. And that, to me, is a challenge, especially if we're moving to a 17-game schedule right. where you're going to need more bodies. You're going to need you know, people who are fresh and healthy, and who knows? Maybe they'll expand rosters. But I think at those positions, having guys who've played football in recent months coming into camp, there's a benefit there. There are a bunch of, there'd be a bunch of Damian Williams at running back in that XFL, I hope. A bunch of kickers who have kicked – outside of a high school field over the last year, right? That's the thing with kickers. How many times does someone go sign a kicker and they're like, hey, when's the last time he kicked? Uh, 2018. <laughs> what, what's he been yeah. doing since? Uh, he's been at uh, Washington Elementary School kicking field goals with his brother. <laughs> so I think yeah. that to me is another position. And then quarterback. Your backup quarterback's your backup quarterback. And a lot of those guys are seasoned, established. You know who they are. But with 17 games in a world caller, I think, Load management is a strong possibility. you got 17 games, and you're in the playoff hunt, and you've got Kirk Cousins, and you're doing well. Do you play them week 14 at the Detroit Lions? I think all of a sudden coaches have to start thinking about that mm-hmm. with a 17-game schedule. So that third quarterback, potentially the teams that are going to carry him, that matters a lot more. And if I'm getting a guy who's fresh, who's had some reps, that might put me in a better position. Now, I'm not saying it works right away. I'm not saying the XFL – has that NFL tie immediately. But for everyone laughing, I think that to me is the potentially the long-term benefit of that league where guys have a chance to not only get back into the league, mm-hmm. but to get the reps you can't get in football. You can get them in baseball in the minor league. There's so many opportunities to play basketball and then jump back into the NBA. If you're out of the NFL, Colin, where do you go? Right. What are, what are your opportunities yeah. to keep playing in a game that is impossible to simulate 
without being on an actual football field right. and playing an opposing team. Yeah, I mean, even if you wanted to work out in the offseason, I was talking to Kirk Cousins about this and just like his throwing after practice, and he said, well, how many times even in the offseason can I get reps with receivers? I mean, a couple of times you get together with boys, That's it. throw the old pigskin around. Yeah. I mean, he's like, what am I going to do, get defenders out there? Exactly. You know, call up a couple of safeties? And, you know, <laughs> you can't really do that. So, you know, I, I like it from the perspective that, we love great stories in sports, and this will be a great story no matter what. Yeah. The league will be a great story if it goes down in flames or if it succeeds somehow yeah. and breaks the trend of all the other minor leagues that have been attempted in the past. If Vince McMahon can somehow make it interesting, more interesting than other leagues have been, and get people in the stands and get people to watch, it's already a huge victory that this, these are on ABC and Fox. I mean, that's, yes. that's not easy to do. Yeah. I mean, ask other leagues like the WNBA and like uh, MLS, who are much more established, legitimate leagues than the XFL, that has a horrible reputation from the past, and yet they were able to secure these type of deals, uh, probably a lot because Vince McMahon has the money. My yep. guess is that he's paying them to get on their networks on those days. Uh, and that's a huge deal, is to have someone who is legit, who's worth $5 billion, so if he loses $100 million or something, it's just a drop in the bucket to it's him. Amazing. And I know, right? And, and it is kind of fun from the perspective of, and of course I wish he was feeding needy children instead of doing this, but like, you know, <laughs> a, a guy who just has this dream that he wanted to make come to life life again with yeah. his oodles of money and he decides to make it happen i i don't know though what would bring in your common nfl fan aside from the gambling element which is kind of fun that they're really embracing that i think that's smart of them to do it i don't think new rules are going to do it and i definitely don't think landry jones is going to do it yeah. i'm not even certain that if they pulled in some wash-up quarterbacks who had like like an ej manual or something who's just yeah. out of the league I'm not sure that that would bring in anything, and I'm not even sure, because this was tried with NFL Europe, if they eventually worked out a deal with the NFL to get your number three quarterbacks, your Jake Browning, your Kyle Sloter, to come play for the Dragons. Is anybody spending their February, their March, Saturday watching to see the number three quarterback who will never, ever touch the NFL field? That's where I think, like, from a journalistic perspective, I love the writing that's going to come out of this. I love yeah. the whoever the Rod Smart, the he hate me, who shows yes. up on an NFL team and scores a touchdown in the Super Bowl. We go, one year ago, that man was in the XFL, yes. you know? And that's that's super fun for me as an enthusiast for players who generally are unknown. From common fans watching it, though, I just have a tough time believing that there's going to be a ton of interest, especially when the team names are Dragons and <laughs> Defenders and Guardians. Like, who came up with these? Of all the mistakes that you could make with a league, these generic, like, video game creative team <laughs> names are the worst. So I, I just have a tough time thinking that it's going to be anything more than kind of what we think it's going to be. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, when you've had a league that's already failed, that's easy to think. And, yeah, I don't know if, uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see, okay, where's the lane for it? I will say, as part of ESPN, like, we're investing, I know. I mean, there there is like a real hands-on team doing these games. Like, there are like real analysts yeah. involved here. I also think it's it's coming at a time where, as opposed to the past, like, I'll tell you how old I am, the first XFL game, I was on a recruiting visit to Wichita State. Wow! Uh, and I got we got snowed in, 
So, like, I couldn't leave for, like, six days. And I was just, like, hanging out at Wichita State. Not Wichita State. Six days? Winona State, I'm sorry. Winona State University. I was there for, like, six days. Snowed in. Um... Met a cheerleader, never got a number. I still think about that. Mm. Uh, but, like, it was a long time ago, and I remember the first day, it was like, oh, man, it's amazing. And then by, like, week three, we were like, you still watching? So I don't know how they overcome this second the second time around, but having the backing of Fox and ABC and ESPN is going to help. Having yeah. real analysts there, I think there are opportunities. Social media can help. If you can get the kids interested uh, that will boost things as well, potentially. And I think there's a lane for video games. Like, I think that's what you have to think, too, if you're the XFL. Yeah. Like, how can you make this a really user-friendly experience where it kind of goes viral? And I don't know how you do that. But I think that will be the goal, and that's where they have to invest. And long-term, without an NFL tie, it doesn't work. Uh, long-term, without some sort of a relationship mm-hmm. or even a blessing, it, it's just not going to to work, but I, I I will say there's a lot of stuff on TV in the off season where you're like, how much do I care? I mean, the NBA's challenges, especially now, people go, okay, call me when the playoffs happen. I, I know what to expect. Yeah. I know LeBron. I mean, Zion's added some energy. Uh, college basketball is my sport. I covered it. it's great. A lot of folks don't show up before March in terms of caring about that, the sport. That would be me, right? <laughs> yes. And then there's this other thing that has this established fan base that does really, really well financially and, and in TV and marketing, and that's college football. Yeah, And there's so many people who are like, do I have room for a third team? So I don't know how you overcome that if you're the XFL. But I'm going to watch the first couple days, first couple games, and, and see what happens. Oh, I'm going to watch. I, I'm going to be consuming some sort of XFL for the entire time that it's on. Yeah. And I'm taking a little vacation to Los Angeles with nice. uh, my wife's family in a couple weeks, and I'm trying to convince her to go to the XFL game. You should do it. Let me ask you this. I would love to. You should go to. Let me ask you this. Here's the other idea out there, right? If the XFL signs Trevor Lawrence hmm. to a tongue of Aloha, yeah, and and that seems to be kind of their play. Like that seems to be what they have hinted at pretty yes. strongly. Is hey, you don't want to pay uh, play for free at your old college there? How about you come play against some really good players here? Would you watch? Would that be more interesting to you? That might be their ticket. I yeah. mean, that might be the only ticket there. Is if they found a way, if they called up Trevor Lawrence and they said, "Look, we're legit. You're going to play for free next year." I mean, especially if. You know, a lot of these quarterbacks, I think it has to be a quarterback. Um, yes. Running back, you know, you're just not capturing the nation, seeing that most undrafted running backs seem to, you know, exactly. get, get a chance to run for somebody. Uh, if it was a receiver, maybe, but it'd have to be like the next Moss. It would have yeah. to be someone that everybody starts to know. And flashy. But a quarterback is the one area in that, in that little pocket where you have a great year in college, but you can't come out yet. Like you said about Trevor Lawrence or Tua, that if you convince that guy to come play in this league and said, look, Guess who's not going to prepare you for this? The Citadel. Yes. Like, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they are not. Uh, Tua versus the Citadel yeah. was not really fair. You know who is going to prepare you? A bunch of guys who have experience in the NFL yeah. or who were the top players on their teams when they were in college that made an XFL roster. You can bet there were a lot of great players. A lot, I mean, you know, relatively speaking, not 
Dan Marino, but yeah, like yeah. a lot of really good NFL talents. So I'll give you an example. Uh, I just discovered that Jeff Badet is in, or Bidette, sorry, is in this league, uh, and he was a guy that was a final cut for the Vikings. He yeah. runs a 4 5 or something. I mean, that's the type of receiver, a guy who is just on the fringe of making it. If you convince one of those guys to come play, uh, if it's a Trevor Lawrence, if it's the next top quarterback prospect, and skip college, yeah. then I think, yes, you have a chance to, to garner a lot more interest because that would be – you only need one, too. And, and, but the problem long-term is you would need that all the time. Which is what the USFL tried yes. with Herschel Walker and others, and it just didn't last. I mean, to right. your point, it would have to be – you know, it's like basketball where a whole lot of people are concerned about – all these young kids are going to go to play in Australia. They're all going to go overseas yeah. and then come and they're to the NBA. The challenge is, when's the last time you watched an overseas basketball game? Right. On some grainy YouTube stream. Yeah. You know, Australia, are, are you getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning right. to watch LaMelo Ball play in Australia? You're not. Which is why 99% of these guys will continue to stay. Because going the traditional path is still the best way. Yeah. And the NFL path from college football to the NFL is always going to be the best model. Um, and I don't know how you change the – it's not just the narrative. And I dealt with this when I covered the G League and the NBA. People don't understand the resources you get in college. Money's big. I think these guys should be compensated. But you have no idea what it's like when you can say, all right, I know a basketball team. To get into their practice facility, you put your hand on a, on a sensor. <laughs> and it, like, scans your hand. Yeah. And then your extra security thing is your eyeball. No joke. Wow. I'm not making this up. You get into this facility, and they've got literally anything you would ever need, anything you'd ever want. Yep. If you need an ice bath, if you need a bunch of smoothies and protein bars, if you need a meal, if you need a massage, all of that stuff is right there. You know what I'm guessing the XFL doesn't have? Yeah. Some of that stuff. Some of those trinkets that these college kids who are spoiled – are accustomed to having. Real quick G League story. I did a G League piece, and there was a guy who played at Florida. And I said, what do you miss, man? Like, like what's the thing you miss the most? And he said, man, the ice buckets. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, what are you talking about? What kind of weird answer is that? Yeah. He's like, no, man, at Florida, you would just go into the ice bath after games. He said, after G League games, we go to the gas station, <laughs> we buy a bunch of ice, yeah. we put it in a bathtub, and we just take turns soaking in it. That, to me, yes. is what the XFL will have trouble competing with when it comes to college. Yep. Another year at Alabama or a year with the Roughnecks, that's going to be what they're fighting. Yeah. As a uh, person who covered minor league baseball, can confirm that those guys come from playing Alabama baseball and they go to the minor league cities, and a lot of them just want out. Yes, like, oh, yes. no, I didn't sign up for this. I ain't doing this for seven years yeah. to have a 1% shot in Major League Baseball. A lot of them legit just give up yes. because it's so much more difficult, and all they have for food is peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and they, they should do better with that. But, I mean, that's, that is how it is for sure, and you're right. The uh, amenities, plus not only that, there might be uh, you know a couple of wads of cash in your shoes when you show up too. Oh, yeah. If you're you know oh, yeah. if you're Cam Newton, what do they pay? You know eighty thousand yeah. for Cam Newton yeah. or something like that. Like you can get that you money. Get that. And, and now if the NCAA is going to let these guys make money promoting themselves, yep. 
trust me, Trevor Lawrence can shake his hair around and make a lot of money that even the XFL is not going to be able to match. Someone will pay Trevor Lawrence probably a million bucks for something to to endorse something because he's going to be such a huge star. I don't think they could compete with that. It would take one to be interesting. It's going to be really hard to even get that one, I think. Um, I have a few more questions about the XFL that are a little different, uh, that are not just whether it's going to succeed or not. If you had an XFL team, uh, what city would you put it in, and what would you name it? Oh, man. I I can put it in any city. Any city you want. In America? Mankato, if you like. Oh, nah. I love Mankato, but you're not getting a team. I I would do (laughs) Tampa, Florida. A lot of people talk about Florida, and they go... To Orlando, Disney World. My brother yeah. lives there. Mm-hmm. Miami, South Beach. Obviously, everyone loves to go there. Um, but I tell you what, Tampa, if you want to take a trip to a place that's sort of like, you know, not the typical spot in America, Tampa. I love Tampa. Hmm. So I think I'll put a team there. You say my team name? Yeah, what's your team name? You are the Tampa Bay what? Or the Tampa what? It's different, right? Uh, Those are two different things. Yeah, we would be the Tampa Ghostface Killers because <laughs> I would – I would have to, and I would have to, I would have to get uh, the Wu Tang Legends uh-huh. approval, yeah, which I'm sure they would. They seem pretty relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we'd have to work it out, but it would definitely have to be a reference to who I am, and yeah, you know, I, I am one of the bigger Wu Tang Clan fans in, in America. Uh, people in my high school can tell you that I made posters promoting their new album and posted them on lockers uh, when they dropped Wu Tang Forever. So yeah, we would have to be the Wu Tang. Ghostface killers, uh, just to to speak to who I am as a person. You know, it didn't really work out for you for like a career as a hip hop promoter. No, but, that's, but no, you, your play no, was did. right with it the did. album, though. Was, I mean, oh, it was good. The album is uh, unbelievable. Great. So yeah. you should be pleased with that. Yeah. What about um, you? I think that I would love to put one in such an incredibly random place that people would show up because they have nothing else to do. Oh, you're thinking about money yeah. and interest. No, no, no. I'm thinking about giving people <laughs> who live in a place that doesn't have anything around it I gotcha. something cool to do. So it can be like a Friday Night Lights experience because it's the only thing that exists. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of driving through central Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. But, the tuna area. And oh, yes. I've yeah, been yeah, all, yeah. Oh, I've been so, all there's all these small towns that some NFL legend is from. Yes. Like it, you start yes. traveling through central Pennsylvania and you're like, oh, I'm in Joe Namath's hometown yeah. Yeah. or something, right? I would love to put an XFL team in a random place and make it like State College, where yeah. all of a sudden you're driving through the woods and you're like, uh, okay, I think I just saw Bigfoot yes. and Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy is here. <laughs> and, and oh, we're at Penn State. Yes. Like it is in the middle of woods like I've never been in my life. And uh, an XFL team in a place like that like where it. people would start to talk about, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to get there, yeah. but like Cooperstown is like this. Oh, yeah. It is so much in the middle of the woods. That you can't like fly into Cooperstown to go to the Hall of Fame no. ceremony. I think you have to probably fly to like Syracuse or yeah, Albany or something. I drove and, it from Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah. Syracuse. So I want to make that experience for my NFL team. Uh, you didn't pick a city though. You have to pick an actual. Okay, so city. Let, well, Altoona. Let's go. Let's just go with college. Altoona then, okay. because I don't know all of them. Okay. Um, yeah. But it's it's you there. Get your, you get yourself a good meal in Altoona yeah. if you're up there in Pennsylvania. Um, I those, could. Those fellas know how to cook up there. I could make it Scranton just for those fans of the office, where they have an actual office yearly festival there. 
I want my team to be the Blitzers, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I know that sounds lame and cheesy. The Altoona Blitzers. The Altoona Blitzers. I'll tell you why. Because I love NFL Blitz. And Great game. So I think we could build all of our marketing around the old video game NFL Blitz. I like it. And our team would be required to run Da Bomb, which was <laughs> yes. the best the best play on yes. NFL Blitz. I like all that. the time. Um, if you could take one player who played for the Vikings that like maybe has recently retired or whatever they could be old and put them in this league, like who would you want it to be? I, I would put Adrian Peterson in. That would be so. I fun. would give Adrian Peterson like let him rush for two thousand yards <laughs> in the except like yes. just like to me that's the alternative from getting a Tua or a Trevor Lawrence. Get some guy who's maybe at the end of his career, yeah, and just let him be reborn. Yeah, you know, let him be old Michael Jordan. Who, by the way, for people who like to make fun of Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Average 20 a game that yeah. first year and 18 the second year when, like, he hadn't been playing basketball at all. It's just like, sure, I'll promote the team. Uh, here's 20 a game at almost 40 years old. I would give someone like that, you know, 30 carries. Let Adrian Peterson just run through a bunch of young XFL guys and make that sort of your weekly thing. Definitely uh, AP. What about I, you? I love that idea. Well, I was thinking about, I mean, A, of course, there's always like the journeyman quarterbacks who come through who are backups. Yeah. That it would be so great to have someone who's like 40. Gus Farad is too old, but since he was just on the show, I'd love to have someone like that. Yes. A journeyman who played 40 or 50 games in the NFL and they're 42 years old, but they're still living the dream because they've got nothing after post career <laughs> and they just go out there. I mean, Tommy Maddox was basically that in the original XFL and then he ended up getting back into the NFL. I would also like to see. Someone like Jarius Wright, who is not a star yeah. at all, and just show you how freaking good he is at football. Like, he would go out there, Jarius Wright, who was just an average number three wide receiver, yeah. he would go out there and smoke the rest of the league. Charles Johnson, who was a fringe NFL player for yeah. the Vikings, he lit up the AAF. He's like the best player in the league. Yeah. And he was just on NFL teams. So it's sort of fun to get those comparisons. Like, you always wonder. Hey, if Sidney Crosby played a season in the American Hockey League, oh how many goodness. how many goals would he score, right? Or you know, if somebody played in the G League, what would Cat do in the G League? He would score yeah, like seventy a game, a game. Yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that would be fun to take an average player who you know is kind of got a job and a role in a five million dollar contract and put them on a team just to show, like, yeah, Jarius Wright. Had 17 catches or something his final year, but he also runs like a four or four. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, he killed. Like, how cool would it be to, in the middle of the season, say, uh, Laquan Treadwell is going to spend three weeks yes. with yeah, the Roughnecks, yeah, yeah. and then he goes down there and has like 170 yards a game, <laughs> yeah. gets his confidence back, and now he's playing for you on Sunday. Yes. Like, if the if the seasons ever overlapped, that that would be fun. When I covered minor league baseball in Buffalo, uh, Jose Reyes rehab there once. Jose Bautista rehab there once, and yeah. it was really something to even just see what the guy looks like. Like, Bautista's not huge, but he's just so unbelievably cut. Yep. And Jose Reyes stole second base. You're like, that is the fastest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, yeah. in comparison to AAA guys. So I think that would be fun. Well, we'll be watching it anyway. I mean, it is, it is on your uh, parent degenerates, network, though, uh, on ABC. I don't gamble on sports because I'm afraid to lose money because I'm cheap. Or frugal, as my people say. Yeah. Uh, so we'll. Uh, <laughs> very, we will. Yes, we will have a. Uh, <laughs> we will have money a, a full breakdown. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's how you manage your money. You go to McDonald's four times a week, like I do. Um, 
So anyway, we're, we'll have the full XFL breakdown on Monday on the show, which is the best tease I could ever give. Uh, Myron, you'll be on every Friday, and we'll have other stuff to talk about soon. I think we'll get oh, yeah. moves, and we'll get you know we'll know who's getting cut and things like that, and we won't have to just talk big picture very very soon on the show. So we will talk to you next week. Handing the ball off to Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next. Keep it here to Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.